0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remarks Show. We are live on Evolution of a Girl. Soon to be joined by our good friends. Well, Emma, you all know. And then our guest today, as you all have
1: probably seen, good morning everyone
0: got a few people joining us already i'm not sure again i can't hear myself so hopefully y'all can hear me there he is
2: good morning everybody good morning can you hear us okay i can hear you all right so we'll make sure everybody can hear buck and see we have to do it again. Look at there we go.
0: Wiggle the camera around. You look just as enthused this week as you did last week. Look. Well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you should yeah. read some of the comments. Like, why are you torturing him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> Let's do this. Here we go. Come on. How about that?
0: That looks good.
2: Okay. And then I you're can just...
0: tuck your head in. I can't ever see you because you're behind all the comments. But
2: Yeah, that's okay. Nobody wants to see me. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Horsemanship Remark Show. We're in Dayton, Washington. Our favorite the anchor clinic, the one that's gonna be annual.
0: <laughs> come on. <laughs> come on.
2: We would all come, you see. Oh. Um anyways, we're in Dayton, Washington, which is a tiny one stoplight.
3: Yep. Little town Been here for a long time though, what? 30, thirty years probably. Yeah.
2: So the locals, you know, they'll they'll be like, "Hey, what's going on?" And we're like, "How long have you lived
1: here?"
3: Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a voicemail that I kept on my phone. A local businessman called, left me a voicemail last time when I was here, just thanking me for all the decades of doing clinics here because of all the business it brought. Uh, a little old day. And he's not even a horse person. He's just like, hey, just so you know, we, we appreciate your clinic and everybody coming to town. So that's pretty cool.
2: It's so cool. And I feel sad for those of you guys that didn't get to come because it's there's camping here. And like I said, it's a tiny little town. And um, so tons of auditors are here camping out. Poor Michael is in Wisconsin instead of here, like he should be. Usually you're here. Anyway, that's that. So if you guys have questions for Buck, shoot them out we will do our very best um but we only have an hour because it's colts all day today so uh joanne says thank you for being on again this week Aw, some people like it okay michael do you want to start with julie's question because i didn't write that one down and then we have a
0: couple i i didn't write it down either
2: okay um so Julie's question was about a horse that is maybe has had some pain issues and Congrats, babe. maybe like front and front feet essentially like laminitic appearing pain but the horse is very very downhill and, um,
0: and probably just having been ridden in a way that was very that's what I mean restricted.
1: Yeah.
2: So how long do you expect that to last forever or or you know what is the basically is that always going to be an underlying issue that you're essentially managing all the time? Is that about right, Michael? I think so. I think yeah.
3: Well, that's you know that that really is assuming that the human isn't a variable and the way the human rides the horse so yeah with some people uh it's yeah it's gonna go on forever till the horse dies of lameness or but it's not necessarily a given so there's a lot of a lot of questions that would follow that question uh maybe perhaps i don't know a horse but perhaps he's been ridden downhill and heavy on the front his whole life, he's been taught to carry himself that way, which all horses are going to end up crippled eventually if you ride him that way. So sometimes you, you can change the way you're riding the horse and get him level, and uh, a lot of the soreness goes away. Now, but then the other question is, uh, the person, you know, is going to be a variable. If, they're, if it's a person that's pretty handy at getting the horse moving in balance, it might, it might become a temporary thing. But if it's a person that struggles with that, doesn't know how to do it, you know, it, the horse could stay that way forever. So, you know, that's a that's a kind of a tough question to answer because it all goes back to the human. It's the Indian, not the arrow.
1: You
2: know, my follow-up question to that would be, um, you know, how we were talking about some things will always be in there, like if the horse has gotten a saddle, if the horse has gotten a saddle under his belly or if the horse has learned to really be a pulling back horse, you can essentially change that behavior completely, but there's always gonna be an underlying.
3: Maybe, maybe, and, and that depends on the horse too. There are some horses that it's like they've waited around their whole life to be light and nobody ever offered it to him. So sometimes that gets offered to the horse and he's like, this is how I want to live. So there's just, you know, it's pretty hard to answer a question like that because there's just too many other <laughs> questions that would have to be answered first. Yeah. If, if, it was, if it was, if you gave the horse to Ray Hunt, yeah, before sundown, he's gonna look like a different horse. So.
2: And why? Why?
3: Because Ray Hunt was Ray Hunt. No,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> and, but all those, what, why? Why could he do that? And why can you do that in two seconds?
3: Well, it's experience and knowing what you're looking for and knowing what you're feeling for in the horse. So And knowing what to do to get yeah. that. Yeah. And knowing when to get in and knowing when to get out. Sometimes people will feel like a horse is kind of heavy, and then the net result of that is, is the horse and the human are heavy. It's, uh, you, you, you might have to add pressure to get the horse to back off, but then you have to notice the slightest change when he tries to do something a little bit different and, uh, and back off, and a lot of people don't. They stay in there. They get in and stay in rather than get in and get out. You know?
2: And then you were saying that-
3: well that's a little different Uh, I was just commenting earlier that can you imagine how many times over the years I've heard the whole deal about the horse and then I've said you need to go back to zero and start over the mistakes were the mistakes were beginning on the end of the lead before anybody even thought they were going to ride a horse a lot of times. You ought to just assume that's always the case. Go back to zero. Don't think you're going to jump in the middle somewhere and you're going to fix something that's been an enduring problem for a long time. The, you, you're going to find it. You're going to find it on the ground. And, you know, with me, do I want to have a horse to where after I've been using him for a long time that I have to do tons and tons of groundwork? Hell no, I don't, but I don't have any like that, and I won't ever, because I'm thorough in the beginning, I get the groundwork right to begin with, which the whole objective is is to eventually get your horse broken up, where you can saddle up, cinch him up, put on your bridle, and trot off, and have no problems. In the beginning, though, the groundwork might be fairly extensive on some horses.
2: Yeah, we've talked about if if it's not working or or if you're still having things crop up when you're riding, then there's more to know and there's more details in the groundwork.
3: Yeah, and then the other part of it is you can be really good with groundwork, but that's not going to answer every single thing you encounter. The other part is, is you, and you've heard me talk about it, Michael, you have to be to ride with quality. You can be so good at preparing a horse because you've spent all your time on the ground, but if you can't ride a swing in a, a windstorm, um, it'll pretty much negate everything you had going on on the ground anyway. You have to have the, the whole package.
0: Yeah, and you see that particularly starting colts, you have to keep your ducks in a row and not get all tight, getting on there, offer the same feel from the saddle that yeah. you were attempting to offer from the ground. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And just speaking from a person who's much less perfect, um, you know, do your best, right? Just do your best. Yeah. And, and then if you have to, if you kind of wreck it, so long as you survive, try again.
3: Well, it's like I said, I think I said last week, <clears throat> I think I said last week that because some of those things might take me 10 minutes doesn't mean that you ought to just look at your watch and go okay well it should take me 10 minutes and then that's it no because my 10 minutes might be an hour and a half for somebody else it's about getting results you have to get results and as you get better you get more skilled uh, the results are gonna come sooner you're gonna make less mistakes yourself yeah
2: Yeah. so speaking of the detail can you want to talk about the trapping versus hooking on sure yay because okay so for those of you guys that um have watched the billy bob series that's on the buck channel right now i believe it's the last part that's on there and you were just basically you turned him loose and you were talking about changing eyes, Mm -hmm. and then so did you watch that michael so then the comment was as as he changed direction i think from left to right you know you know the comment was um I, most people or lots of people would trap the horse mm. versus waiting for them to think about getting hooked on. So I, will you talk more about that? Cause that's, it. well, you'll
3: see, you know, anybody that's kind of cruised around and seen a lot of different people on the internet, the, just the notion of getting a horse hooked on has been, then there are a lot of interpretations of what. Tom and Ray were doing decades ago that it is not the same and you'll see people do it in a work a horse in a round crowd like they're a lion tamer or they'll chase him around they'll get him moving out maybe tight and then instead of the horse turning loose and hooking on they just trap him, they just cut him off on the fence and they make him stop or change directions and I've seen tons of that and you know whatever i'm not judging they can do whatever they want but that has nothing to do with what ray and tom were trying to accomplish with the horse there's a difference between drawing the horse to you to where he draws because he turned loose through the hind quarters and made his made arrangements to be able to be with you and you draw when the horse offers it whereas different when you're just running out ahead of him and trapping him on the fence. He's not choosing anything. You're just trapping him. Well, try trapping him in a 100-acre pasture. See how good that works for you. It doesn't. So, the horse doesn't get any benefit from it. And it's all—it's just kind of hard feelings. It's still kind of dominating the horse. The horse has to be the one that turns loose. So, when he starts to show an indication that he'd like to hook on, that's when you draw the horse to you, and you don't run to his head and trap him on the fence. You actually can move back toward the back end and give him a place to bring his front end off of the fence. And some might think, well, that that might take a little longer. So, yeah, maybe if you don't pay much attention to what the horse is offering.
0: So, I have a question on that because you can kind of step, say your horse is going around to the left, you can kind of step left to catch their eye Yeah. and back, or kind of wait it out, or drift toward their hindquarters a little bit to draw that eye and catch their attention. You know, you step to the left without cutting them off, just catch their eye. Yeah. Why one versus the other, or when one versus the other, do you have, or just both?
3: Well, as you're either, you're either, the way you're moving you're either helping the horse to sort this out and then kind of building on that as he gets relief from you drawing away and drawing him into you. Yeah. Once in a while you might step a little forward, but you're there's a difference between that and trap
1: because
3: mm-hmm. the, the trapping him, you're just cutting him off at the pass. You're making his feet stop. And then that's where, A lot of times they just turn their butt to you and they just whirl and go the other way. Well, and then it's not that unusual that you'll hear about some of those guys running a troubled horse right over the top of the fence. And then it is a wreck because they're trying to do things and not considering that it needs to be on the horse's terms that he's looking you up. That's so
2: huge. It's
3: Emma, how about you
0: what you told me the other day with bonnie
2: yeah yeah exactly i was hoping to show that video to him before we got started but we didn't have time but that's exactly what i was thinking Be- so that that little pinto from you know essentially doing doing the same just waiting because you can see her thinking about hooking on but and you could make it happens so easily so is when you step across let's say exactly what Michael's saying is that really just to get their attention then versus well, trap see oh my gosh the word trap is so profound. It's
3: just a little you might move a little bit forward towards their front end to just help them because you're not you don't want to just chase around and chase them half to death either and get them too tired So sometimes you step a little toward their head, like Michael said, just to catch their eye, and then you move back toward the back end and try to draw that into you. The same principles apply to, if you got a cow kind of running off, quitting the herd, you can stop that cow's feet. By moving in the direction of the cow, you get up just maybe a little bit ahead of the balance point and then you fade away from the cow and it'll draw them right out. Rather than just go parallel to the cow, and just end up in a foot race where finally you run by the cow and then it comes in behind your horse. People do that all the time. And that's kind of the same principle. They're herd animals, they're gonna respond the same way.
2: And then you talk more about them turning loose in the hindquarters, because I don't think that's something that that maybe gets emphasized enough is <clears throat> as they're preparing, because that's another thing you said on that video. <clears throat> Remember, you guys can <clears throat> go to thebuckchannel.com right
3: now well after the show and watch it well a horse can come off the fence and face you and not turn loose through its hind quarters. well then it's kind of almost like a trick he's facing you because he he doesn't want to get run around anymore he wants to take the pressure off so by default he just whirls around and faces you well well that becomes a trick well um, movie horse trainers have done that forever. Whip training a horse, they they do it two different ways. They'd have long whips and they just keep whipping on him until the horse, by default, is looking right at him, and then the pressure comes off. Yet the horse didn't turn loose at all. Out of fear, he faces the person, and you know that's what's hard about this is there's just so many different interpretations of this, that so much of it has nothing to do with what Ray was hoping people to get, and and I guess that's just the way things get translated.
2: Just the telephone.
3: But it's it's de- it's, it's something a little bit depressing to see how it's been dumbed down and bastardized. Uh, So say you have a horse that's been taught
0: to do that. That has been its pattern. It thinks that's the right, that's what you're after. That's the right idea. How do you shift that idea? Well, then you're going to have to
3: get a halter and lead rope on them, and you're going to have to Hornroom. teach them how to bend and roll over behind. Sure. So that becomes something they start to think about. Okay. Yeah, you'd have to catch them up. Yeah. 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 What do you think is the is the
2: do you think there's any one place that people um, head off into the blackberries when when they you know when you can kind of get a half truth or see see some version of what Ray and Tom were after, and then they this just major off the path that they headed.
3: Well, <clears throat> more often than not, it's it's the the tale is told in how the horse's expression is. And well like to say that sometimes they do things, you know, by default, just to take the pressure off. And they're doing it troubled. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're turning loose and there's a really nice feel that the horse is offering. Um, again, the person is the variable, not the horse. So, And sometimes it's hard for me to kind of do these things and talk about it because then... I have to think about all the things that I see people do that just makes me sad for the horse to be honest with you and and yet then there's the other side that I see people doing things pretty damn good you know that mm-hmm. that I think yeah he's catching on or she's catching on um, there's there's a good side to it too yeah, I, was, I was I was gonna that's say why, that's why even though we're doing this and, and we've got the buck channel and blah 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 all that stuff um Nothing's changed in me. I still hate the internet. I still hate (laughs) phone. I still hate all that crap. Because people spend so much time doing this when they could be trying to figure out how to get along with their horse. That hasn't changed any.
0: Well I think that
3: is the encouraging
0: part. I think most of the, the folks tuning in here are looking to improve and help the horse you know these questions are along those lines trying to do it better trying to do it different get with their horse
3: well you know the the good side to this is is there's some people in this might get some questions answered that it just doesn't work out they'll they'll never see me in person they might not get to and but i'll tell you this last week when i left oregon Um, You know, I visited with a few people after it was over, and it it really, um, it moved moved me last week to, to, I was just, I didn't realize it, but I was just thinking about it, that that there are some people that work so hard and save up all year long to ride, ride with me in a clinic. It's a big damn deal, and <clears throat> it's money they they didn't have to just throw around. You know, and you'll get some wealthy people, too, that it doesn't mean anything. But the people that really struggle and save and sacrifice to be able to give their horse a better deal, go into my clinics, even after all these years, 41 years, man, I don't take that for granted. It really, it moved me to think about that.
2: We had a good group last week, huh? Like the auditors were awesome. Yeah. The the classes were awesome. And that has nothing to do with the skill level. No. It just has to do with the. The the,
3: The the attitude and desire. Yeah. It's just a really nice bunch of folks. Yeah.
2: And you want to talk about seriously, but not too seriously. You've told Michael and I that for years. (laughs) Just. To, that half the secret is just
3: having fun. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, you, you really have to. You, you got to. You have to get joy out of working with your horse. It shouldn't be a struggle and hard feelings. Some things are a struggle, but you can still be joyful about how you go about it. If you, if you're not just really enjoying it, you're not going to make a whole hell of a lot of progress, really
2: and it doesn't take that long to be safe which is the first
1: thing to, to yeah i
3: mean that's your first goal is to try so to try to get your horse comfortable enough where you're not know, just scared to death of getting in a wreck every time you work with them it doesn't take that long to get your fundamentals good enough that you have a safe horse to ride and then it's just it's the challenge of trying to figure out how to get him to do things for you without him being troubled
2: yeah so do you so you guys um buck rode boozy last week which i've seen booby boozy since he was a snapper by horse we've talked about him a million times on the show and he's in the spade bit now and for those of you guys that watch the uh buck bridling boozy in the spade bit you will notice that there was a lot of chatter about it but two things two things about the the boozy ride last weekend First of all, the contentment, the contentment, I'm gonna talk about how, yes, he was physically, like almost unbelievable where that horse is physically. Uh, but the contentment going with it, we are just talk about like, that level of physical perfection is not possible unless he is mentally, you
3: cannot force that. Well, I just want, <clears throat> whether it's a, a more finished horse or a snaffle bit horse, <clears throat> probably my most important thing I'm thinking of is I want to be able to get through a whole ride with him, and if I'm successful, his expression doesn't change, that he stays with a soft expression. That's But... But that's not a new thing. Uh, Boozy didn't just get comfortable last week. He was comfortable as a snaffle bit horse, as a -a hackamore horse, as a two-reined horse. That's how he lives. And he doesn't have to get uncomfortable mentally when he knows the human's gonna do something with him. Lots lots of horses are comfortable mentally when you're gone, (laughs) when you're at the grocery store or something or going down and getting the mail but are they comfortable when you're doing things with him? Does the dance, is the dance right between you and the horse? And to some people, they might think, who cares? As long as he does the movements that I want him to do, okay, that just makes you different. You have different goals than I have, that's all. Yep,
2: yeah. and, and it's not the same movement. That's- No,
3: it's not, it's not. But, but to someone that didn't know the difference, they'd say it pretty much looked the same. But, uh, yeah, no, it's when the horse is really turned loose to you and he really feels good about what you're doing, it looks different. And that's why I've always said the first time I ever saw Ray Hunt's horses, they looked different to me. They, The expression, the way they felt back to him, I'd never seen a horse respond to a, a person that way. They, his horses had a signature look. And it didn't matter how they were bred, whether they were big or small or whatever, whether they were a third bred or a quarter horse, it didn't make any difference. The expression of Ray's horses, when particularly when Ray was riding them, uh, they just looked different than anybody's horses that I'd ever seen or probably ever will see.
2: you think that comes from understanding? Like a complete lack of confusion?
3: Well, all I know is what Tom Dorn said about Ray. He said there's something about that guy that horses just don't want to disappoint. Him. And and uh the field they offered a horse, horses horses wanted it. They wanted Ray to, to communicate with them. And for some people, when the person's trying to communicate with the horse, the horse is like <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that's the other side of
2: it so I have a question on that actually that I've been thinking about a lot Um, what I've noticed like uh, like kind of getting farther along and being able to be more subtle what's come up for me is that horses are really easy to bully around even on a subtle level they really
3: yeah it depends on on the horse. For for the average person that's around horses that are kind of gentle because they've been around people a lot. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and and it seems like the horses that get bullied are the ones that are probably the kindest ones by nature because the human can be kind of a thug when it comes to that. The bullies. The the bullies around horses aren't any different than wife beaters. The bullies will bully something that is easy to bully. Because there are some Broncos out there, some tough horses. Well, the bullies don't show up that day. They don't They don't bully those kind of horses because they realize this could be lethal. So, then they become someone different. Then they act like, oh gosh, I just want to be friends with the horse until I get him confident enough that I can bully him. No, bullies are bullies. That's all there is to it. And uh, it's no different people that bully other people. They're the same, and they're cowards.
2: And so sitting on some of my horses, I, that, that at a certain point, what I've noticed is, and I wouldn't consider myself a bully necessarily. I know what you're talking about though. But there's a moment when the horse doesn't want to do it anymore. For whatever reason, like I maybe haven't presented it correctly, and yet you can kind of still force them to do it, but you lose that quality.
3: Yeah, well, you know that kind of goes into something that I hear quite a bit in the clinics, where people will say, <clears throat> "Well, my horse just gets to a certain point where he's just had enough, and and then he just he just quits." <laughs> And then I'll say, well, well, what happens if, well, I put him away. You put him away. So pretty soon the horse starts thinking, how about if about 30 seconds after we start I've had enough, I'll do one better. Let's not take so long to get to this detente between you and me. Uh, how about I just have you put me away like now? and then it's prohibitive to ride the horse. So sometimes I'll have to tell people, if you're gonna ride that horse, he doesn't get to say no, or he doesn't get to tell you when the ride is over. That's kind of your job based on if you're getting anything done, if you're getting anything accomplished, if something positive's happening. You turn the horse loose and put him away when something kind of positive. And it's no different if you were a basketball player. And you're like, one more shot, and I want it to be nothing but net. And then you just throw this piece of junk up there, and it bongs off the backboard, and you go, eh, hey, close enough. <laughs> okay, you're probably not going to be much of a baller. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the same thing with a horse. So, yeah.
2: so that kind of actually, one of um, one of the gals sent me a question. that She said that. Her horse really feels stiff and tight, kind of every time she rides, for about 45 minutes. And then, if she canters around for a few minutes at that point, suddenly the horse feels like a completely different being. And she's wondering if that's ever normal or if you have any words surrounding that because she feels like it's quite a pattern. I think it, Michelle, if, if that's, I hope that that's right. And I hope you're listening because if you, you want to clear it up, you can, but um, I think that's the deal. And she feels like why am I taking so long to get my horse to where he feels good? I realize you can't answer that part of the question, but the, <laughs> the question is, it, is that ever a place where that would be consistently?
3: Well, there is a physical warming up that happens riding a horse. no different than if you were warming up, hitting balls on a golf course. You're you're not going to be, your body parts are not going to be working, especially if you get my age, are not going to be working uh, the same when you start is what they're going to be 15 20 minutes later. So there's a physical part of that to where yeah, the horse would feel better after a while. But there's a mental part to where <clears throat> that horse should be soft as soon as you start working with them. They should be flexible and soft and turning loose to you. And that's that doesn't have anything to do with athleticism or warming the body up so to speak that's the mental part so if if that horse is stiff and resistant before he gets ridden around for a little while there's some things being missed on the ground guaranteed because that turning loose part bending giving to you that should carry over from one day to the next eventually if it's a green horse in the beginning no you might not have it a lot carry over from yesterday, but you end up in a good place each day until pretty soon he gets right enough mentally that it carries over from one day to the next, one week to the next, one month to the next. So you're talking about a physical thing and a mental thing. Still, if he's turning loose to you, he's really giving. He's flexible. He knows to give when you first catch him up. You're gonna still feel him after he physically warms up you're going to feel him kind of be like okay this is feeling really good now that's why you start off doing easy things that aren't very demanding and then you move through the walk now you're trotting he feels a little better when all the pieces are kind of working and all the basics are there then you go to the canter that's why you don't start out of the canter
2: so i guess the, the human's job is to, is to try to determine if the horse is willing and soft mentally and then however long it takes for them to, to warm up.
3: Yeah, but that's the same. If someone was in a dance class, you always do things at the beginning of the dance class to prepare for the dance. And then you start to dance it's the same thing it's really the same thing there's a physical preparation to like if you were studying ballet there's a physical preparation before you even start to dance well that's the same thing with a horse that's what your groundwork would be or once he's gotten quiet enough then the groundwork is done from his back all the same stuff you're doing on the lead rope you're doing from the back of the horse it's very simple but it's all the pieces have to be in place where, like you've heard me say, you can check all the boxes. Then you move on to more complicated things, whatever you think he can handle that day.
2: Do you think it would ever take a horse 45 minutes? Have you ever seen it where a horse warms up for 45
3: no. minutes? Okay. Not mine. Not mine.
2: Well, right. So her expectations for however, however, you know, she, she will just keep on, war- it's not like, yep this is normal my horse is going to always take 45 minutes
3: no if she improves that'll take less time that's all it's just but again that gets back to just because i might have one doing some nice stuff in just a couple minutes she doesn't have to try to be meets. she she has to do things relative to her ability and her horse's ability to do it and still get along with each other so if it takes 45 minutes who the hell cares? Doesn't matter.
2: So don't let her make anyone shame her shame her for it. <laughs> that's how long it takes.
3: Well, when it comes to the horse thing, people are always sticking their nose into other people's business where it doesn't belong anyway. You know, you can't be listening to the fence birds all the time because they why are they sitting on the fence in the first place? You know, popping off, telling everybody how they ought to do things. So that means nothing.
2: Just
3: keep practicing, just keep learning. Yeah, just keep improving and it it won't be a pattern forever, it'll change.
0: So, so can I interject a couple of questions on that? You know, forty-five minutes to warm up, getting a horse mentally prepared on the ground. Um I had a, well Stephanie asked the question and you saw it there, Emma. Maybe you can help me narrow in on it. But the incremental nature of working with a horse that's been extremely braced up has no bend you get them as as turned loose as you can on the ground and then you're doing the same from the back um you know that can take a good bit of time it's got to be incremental so i think the question comes well how far down up the list can I go when I'm just got minimal bend here and it's taken
3: not very far. Down. Not very far. You can't. <clears throat> you can't just go by the boxes without being able to check them to where it's to where you you maybe dabbled at it a little bit, but you know it's not right. But then you just move on anyway. That's really not going to work. You you have to ride the horse where he is, and if it means just doing some real basic things repetitively until he he starts to get it sorted out and it's good enough that it'll start to carry over. You have to stay where the horse is. You know, you're trying to improve, but you can't go on to something complicated when it's a failing grade at something simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I I think, like that black horse you had me working in... Uh spearfish you had me take that horse to the fence for leading him by maybe a little earlier than i would have thought because you said you you got some bend i mean you got to go with what you got and and keep moving on but that wasn't moving to something that was
3: inappropriate it was just kind of approaching the same we need well that 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 horse had had already kind of gotten away from people Mm -hmm. so there's no point in having you just get your hands smoked by that horse if you dialed up the energy just a little bit. uh There, there's no point in taking the horse to the dark side just so people could go, oh gosh, she's getting away. What shall we do now? Mm-hmm. um but That's why we did it ahead of time. I knew the horse was going to try to get away from you, and so we had to tie that lead rope off so he would learn to stay this side of the end of the rope and then you're on your way Mm
1: -hmm.
3: but there's no way it would be kind of phony of me to let the horse go to the dark side just so everybody could see and then get the horse out of trouble you know years ago when people started to first travel around and do some version of a clinic I know guys that would start out doing a demonstration with a horse that was gentle as a dead pig and they would get the horse in trouble on purpose so that then they could get him out of trouble and then tip their hat to everybody. And they'd be like, that was amazing. Yet mm-hmm. the horse wasn't in any trouble to begin with that, that, the, that maybe they were doing the demo with, but they would get him in trouble. They'd get him lost where it was obvious trouble. And then they change gears and then look like the hero. So some people do that too. Mm-hmm. Some people aren't satisfied unless a horse is in trouble. And then, yeah, they might end up at a good place and get him, or a better place and get him out of trouble. But some people, I don't know, it's almost like they like trouble.
2: Maybe it makes it more obvious that they feel like they've done something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so another. of situation on that topic i was helping someone the other day with a mustang that she's worked with for some time and i was kind of helping her find a little better balance that helped the horse settle a little bit more but this is you know the type of horse where the the grass looks a little different there you know as they ride past it this time or there's some sound shows up and instantly just tension and tightening you know her question was well do I keep getting on if this is going to keep showing up you have to get on and ride at some point yeah. um,
3: you know well you're trying to teach the horse as you ride him, get him handier you're trying to teach him to stay in the rectangle mm-hmm. and all the different move, movements we try to do were like you've heard me say before we're trying to close those doors where he understands those escape routes are closed and that only you have a key to those doors So you're trying to get that horse disciplined enough that they stay between the reins and legs. They are in the center of the rectangle. But to to think that a horse is never going to be aware, that he's never going to notice things that might look a little bit strange, you're asking the horse to give up his nature. They're a herd animal. If you can't handle just a little, him being a little watchy at something once in a while, that that's how horses have survived for thousands of years, is being really alert about things. So you get him disciplined enough that he stays underneath you, stays in the rectangle. But to think that a horse should just give up being alert? No. If that's what you want, then get rid of your horse and get a few rolls of quarters and ride the one at Walmart. It's going to do the same damn thing every day. It might get a little boring for you but it's going to do the same same thing. A horse is an unpredictable animal in some respects because he still has survival instincts and yet it's amazing that they let us get on and ride them around. If you think about it, no. they have to, they have to have a hell of a lot of trust to let us crawl on their back. Um, so, but to think that a, that a horse just has to turn into a zombie, that he no longer is alert or noticing anything. That doesn't even sound interesting to me. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so
0: I think the the question lies in both those cases, like we have this ideal for the groundwork that you don't get on the horse until the horse is prepared. But what is the definition of prepared when you know the horse is still raced to some degree When's the time to get on and work that from the back? Or this horse is turned loose now, but I know as soon as I get on, you know that can just evaporate very quickly when another horse rides quickly toward us. Like that, that unsettles my horse. Well, I I had them prepared, but now we're suddenly unprepared. You know.
1: Yeah,
3: you got to learn to support a horse from their back too. Yeah, you're not going to eliminate every single possibility of the horse getting concerned through your groundwork. but you're going to build a certain degree of trust between you and the horse to where he'll allow you to help him when you're on his back and he gets in trouble you can't eliminate all of it or you'll never ride you'll just Mm -hmm. lead horses around the rest of your life Mm -hmm. so you have to be able to support him from their back too but by establishing some goodwill on the end of the lead rope between you and the horse he's going to be looking to you for help rather than seeing you as the problem yeah and then Support him when you're on his back you do the right things when you're riding. Yeah, and you, you could definitely See that with this this gal with the spooky
0: horse, and that's one of the things I pointed out like You know You're, you're building trust she's going to that's going to carry over to the saddle the yeah. more trust you have yeah. yeah.
2: So can we go back to Stephanie's question just really quick because so this is just back to how good should it be before she moves up the list so let's just say you start with the horse starts at A and you know, Z is where you're going or however, however you want to say it opposite. You're starting at Z, you're trying to get to A and it, it makes a big improvement compared to where it was. But of course you're not at the finish result because maybe the horse can't even physically move around that way. So like over. she's redone some rainers and things like that let's say where they're almost falling down and and they're not going to look like boozy right but if you get a few degrees better how many, is that that's part of it the core question right
0: yeah no that that's one i know a couple of the horses she has in mind and that's one of them is a rainer that really wanted its, its head Both down
2: better <laughs> but it's not
3: yeah you'd still want to go back to the beginning and get some stuff right because you know the moving kind of downhill, all that stuff that they seem to do with them, and getting their pole too low and all that stuff, you're gonna shape up a hell of a lot of that on the end of the lead rope still. But the thing is, a horse like that is probably plenty gentle enough, you wouldn't think you need to do anything on the ground. Just go to riding him. Uh well that could be true, but you might go to riding him and not get a hell of a lot accomplished. So sometimes you're not just doing the groundwork just because you're afraid of getting bucked off. You're doing it to kind of refine that horse a bit and get him him a little handier on the ground. So you have a little bit more to work with when you get on their back. That's part of it too. So
2: any words about how to decide where what is good enough? Michael and I talk about it all the time, right? That's
3: if- that? No, I don't have any and I'll tell you why. It's because how confident are you that you can support the horse, that you can support the horse when you get on him if the defecation hits a rotary oscillator? How good are you at supporting a horse that could get troubled? So that's the <laughs> variable I can't answer that because it depends on the person. Some people from inexperience guaranteed can't support him if the horse gets really lost and in trouble. Okay. Well then sometimes that person probably shouldn't be riding that kind of a horse mm-hmm. because you know, sometimes you, the human wants to write checks they can't cash. That's a great point. So, you know, gosh, I talk to people all the time doing this, that they'll say, yeah, I work with troubled horses and I've already seen them ride. And I think real, you work with troubled horses, and and a lot of times they don't even know what a troubled horse is. So that's measured in degrees too. How troubled is it? A horse just has a few bad habits or something, been ridden poorly, or is he really troubled? So there's just so many variables like that that you can't really answer. But sometimes people will get this romantic thing about taking a certain horse and riding them when the the best thing you can tell them is you don't have the ability to help this horse where you are right now maybe one day you will um but you know like can say you got to stay safe too and sometimes people will have horses and it becomes a pride thing or something it's like no I'm going to get through the other side on this horse if it kills me and it might so, so it'd be one thing if you had thousands and thousands of horses under your belt and lots of experience um, and it's another thing you know like i was saying the other day i think i said it that, that there's people out there trying to teach cult starting that haven't started 500 horses himself in their whole life and you're, you're teaching it but yeah, oh, yeah, they're out there. They have websites and Instagram and LinkedIn and every other damn thing in the world marketing and promoting themselves when they haven't started 500 head of horses. What the hell? But that's just me, I guess. I I was delusional when I first started doing this for a living because I actually thought that you needed experience and knowledge in order to do what I do for a living? Well, apparently I was wrong. <laughs>
2: it all depends on what you're talking about and doing it, right? Yeah. Being able to help people. But back on the the comment on horses being above your pay grade, let's just say. Yeah. You and I have talked about how much confidence a person can get from a horse that is within their pay grade. And how fast then you can learn so that you can
3: yeah 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 it's it's, uh if it's something you can get confident in well then you're you're gonna start trying to get him to do some things that are kind of cool if it's a horse you're comfortable with but if if you're measuring a successful ride each day with the fact that you survived well that isn't that isn't any fun more than anything why would you want to do It's really the the art of just advancing the dance, you know,
2: and then you can help more horses, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that a lot, a lot.
3: First you have to learn how to dance with a dance partner that doesn't bring a hell of a lot of baggage to the table.
2: And then,
3: and then you have to, if you want to keep on going, then you can learn how to take a horse that maybe isn't offering very much. And you can get that horse to dance, but it shouldn't be the other way around. First, you need to learn how to dance with a willing partner. And then you could take someone or something that doesn't know much about dancing. And uh, by that time, you're a good enough leader at the dance that you you can do it some good.
2: And have a lot more fun.
3: It's like Rayhan used to say, the old saying he'd say you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear but he'd say with some experience you can make a purse and that purse might hold down near as much but sometimes people take on these projects when they they don't have the experience to be able to help the horse and then they're putting themselves in danger too
2: it takes longer and,
3: and it's
2: less fun and then yeah, yeah. there's a,
0: yeah. Here's, here's a question and I'm sorry I've missed a number of questions early on but someone had a question in boring you mentioned for confirmation you like a horse's chest to be V'd up can you explain what you're looking
3: for what that means well you get some horses that may be pretty wide between their front legs and they're real flat across their chest and I want a pretty deep V. You know, I don't want their front legs to be this far apart, but there should be a nice V in there because that that has to be there for good lateral movement, for it to be able to turn turn around or, or be able to turn on a cow. They need to be up really good in front. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Like, is it an upside down V? Is that what you're talking
3: about? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and you'll see different body types of horses. Work horses, draft horses, real flat across their chest a lot of times. Well, they're not doing turnarounds either, moving laterally a whole lot. Um, Egyptian Arabs are a little flat across their chest. The Polish Arabs V up a little bit more. It's just, you know, it depends. And then even within just the quarter horse world, there's a lot of variations just on that alone.
2: So would a rainer? style they be up they be up oh
3: yeah you so bet. their
2: withers are more narrow than their shoulders is that what you're talking no,
3: about no i'm talking about underneath the horse his chest he should be up in his chest and the rain the real good bred rain type horses you bet they be up. they're not flat across across the middle yeah
2: i don't know i have you'll have to show me because i don't know what you're talking about huh. yeah so i'm dead I hope you guys understand that.
0: I, I know what you're talking about. I I'll have to watch for it because I've not made note of that as a specific confirmational thing. But yeah, I know I understand what you're talking. I <laughs> probably, what...
2: Every, probably everyone does. I've I have a gear question and then we're gonna have to go because it's Colts today. Um is there a, so I do have somebody that sent in a question ahead of time. Is there you wanna get to that real quick or was there a follow-up?
0: uh i've scrolled back so if there was a follow-up i'm not seeing it i'm trying to find the early questions right now
2: okay go ahead so, so this, a mccarty question um this this gal said that uh she always thought or she's always wanted her mccarty i think she was talking about a hair rope um to be uh soft you know, and to where, where, to where it's very, to, so where it's very pliable, it's very soft, all the little stickers are off of it. Um, and someone was recently giving her the advice that it should remain stiff so that the horse is more sensitive, I think was part of the question. And I, and I think. Well,
3: I don't know who the hell gave her that advice, but. You want if they're if they're too limber, that's the way they're twisted when they're when they're built. If they're too limber, they'll they, they they'll get to where they'll get stranded or unravel. So, but you don't want them twisted so tight that they're stiff. Now, as far as all the little bristles on them, uh, you have to use them. <laughs> that's how you take care of that. You'll see some people, they'll even have a torch trying to burn the little ends off. <laughs> that,
2: that would be you neat. Know. <laughs> it
3: doesn't work. <laughs> it just makes the bristles a little shorter. All you have to do is use them and then they get smooth as a baby's butt if you use them enough. But you do actually have to ride. You have to use them. And then there won't be any little ends sticking out eventually. They'll all just it'll just be a smooth hair rope. But that takes quite a a bit of use and a lot of people don't ride enough it'll 10 years later it'll still be all bristly from those ends sticking out but it's just because they're not using it now they'll a rope will get pretty stiff when it's humid or rainy and and, uh so that's where i'm going to use a parachute cord mccarty when it's wet and sloppy but uh summertime like this the hair rope's just right now if they get stiff they get wet and they get stiff just dry it out and it's going to be the same as it was
2: beforehand your ideal is or there's no real benefit to having the stickers on it like you wouldn't be like oh now i have a brand new hackamore horse so if i have stickers then no no yeah see i think that was part of the question um isn't the point of the bristles to be a pre-cue on thank you for saying that because that's what i figured was was going to be next yep is it a pre-cue? Is
3: no. A- <laughs> no, because first of all, I don't even like the term cue, but but uh, if there was something that was going to going to be a, maybe a signal, well, that should have been the legs anyway. It would have been the legs that would have gotten the horse kind of thinking about doing something. The legs should always precede the hands. But, um if that's someone that if they if they think of that as a pre-cue well then why wouldn't you take your hair rope and push all kinds of horseshoe nails through it and then boy you could just touch them with that rein and they're going to want to move their neck away from that rein so you know it's the same principle you just dial it up a notch or two and if the bristles are that much like a sliver you probably have a tail hair mccarty that isn't worth that isn't worth throwing away <laughs> no no good hand is going to use a tail hair mccarty those are like wall hangers that people use for interior design uh if it's main hair it's going to be way softer hair anyway so
2: it's a good Question though, by the way, because I have definitely heard that before. I mean, you never said that, but of course. But I had heard that before. Like you want, to, and I kept thinking, well, that makes no sense because, for for a million reasons. But the horse can obviously feel. However, he can
3: feel the slightest thing anyway. <laughs> and 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 think about it. This common sense wise, if that was needed, that pre signal from the bristles. Well, then when it finally wears and gets smooth, do you throw your hair rope away and get another one? That's
1: what I've
2: heard for every new horse that you develop. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Isn't it funny, Michael, how when he really hates a top, like an answer, his little (laughs) shoulders. You're like, gross. That's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. But it is something I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot, yeah.
3: Well, you can hear about anything when it comes to I
2: didn't know thing. about the tail hair, though.
3: You didn't? Tail no. hair is about twice the diameter of main hair.
2: Right. Well, and that's when the stickers probably don't even come off. No. They last forever. Yeah. And that's why people have their torches out. Okay. It's 7.30, you guys. So, sadly, we are going to have to let Buck get to class.
0: And those of that- you that asked questions early on, I apologize. We were kind of chatting it up so i missed a few questions but
3: i have to say hi to mary and call for a few minutes Riatta was joined us a while ago oh she did yeah. oh good okay bye Riatta i'll talk to you later too love you
2: so so wife and daughter for those of you guys that don't know so um Yes, it's sorry for those of you guys that we did not get the, the get cushions. That's why we have to get them sent in just ahead of time, unfortunately. But lots of people are saying thank you very much. And Michael and I would like to say thank you for doing the show twice in a row. So amazing. Um, remember, you guys to join the Buck Channel. Uh, go to thebuckchannel.com and you can see the Billy Bob, um, the Billy Bob, uh, demos that are, are on there right now and and a bunch of other things and you'll be able to watch this back on Spotify pretty soon and you'll be, you can see that last week's show as well. So we will let Buck get to class and call his family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at all the little
3: hearts going across. Oh, those. I
2: know. Right. He likes the Laser. hearts, you guys. Shoot them out. <laughs> yep, have a wonderful clinic, Buck. Wish I could be there. Oh, Lisa, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, have a great clinic, etc., etc. We will, wish you guys could be here. Okay, everybody, see you next week on the Horsemanship Remark Show. Buck will not be here, but Michael and I will. 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Thursday morning.
0: 8.30 Central.
2: Bye, everybody.
0: Have a good
1: clinic. Bye.